Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Happy Being Well. We have an exciting guest today. We have Brandy Deutsch. She is an intuitive, holistic coach, and we're going to be diving really deep into some really exciting topics. We're going to be really diving deep into how we can get stuck in basically a thought prison, stuck in a box and just recreating the same outcomes over and over again. You know, whether it's constantly jumping from job to job and recreating the same circumstances or relationship to relationship and friendship to friendship. Like, you know, some people are just constantly feeling this stuck feeling and we're going to be diving deep into that and unraveling that and why that happens, how to get out of it, how to finally be emotionally free and create the life that you want to experience. Before we dive deep, here's a message from our sponsor. Happybeingwell.com is your online store for creative, high-quality yoga leggings, 100% facial, natural facial masks, crystals, sage, Palo Santo, natural candles, natural essential oils, aromatherapy diffusers, and much more organic self-care goodies at happybeingwell.com. Use code PODCAST25 for 25% off all leggings. So Brandy, I'm excited to have you on. You talked a little bit before the show and really loved what you had to say about, you know, how people get stuck in this like mental prison that they're just locked into. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Rita. I really appreciate you today. I appreciate you as well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we started talking about that um, prior to starting the show. It, You know, a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people struggle with repeating the same kind of situation again and again and again, and and, and it baffles them. Like, it really does. It, it Like, how did I get in this situation again? Or they want to say, how did these people just come into my life? And that's what I help people do. I help them unravel this mystery. Okay, so, you know, I know most people sometimes are not even aware that they're in this mental thought prison. Um, and they just, you know, they can attribute it to bad luck or it's just me, why me? And, you know, and then it can lead to a really like downward spiral of like depression, isolation. So, you know, somebody like this, what's the first thing that you would say to kind of get them to realize the truth of the matter, like the truth that it's really their, their triggers, it's the way they're reacting to certain, to certain situations that recreate the same results? the first thing that I would do is find out what's been happening. Like, what's the reoccurring thing that keeps going happening? Is it a job that keep getting in the same kind of job, dead end job, or having a boss that is not great or treats them poorly or relationship? Is it the relationship issue? Is it the, the friend issue? Like you mentioned. And, and then once we determine what keeps happening, then we go to where did that first happen? When did that first started happening for them when they were engaged in a relationship where they were treated poorly. It, it is really individualized because sometimes 
it is about that boss who is treating them unfairly or they're in a relationship that is abusive. And when we go to where they first had that type of experience, it's usually in childhood. It's usually whenever they were younger. So, so we, we dig in, like we really go deep into that and we find out more about those original experiences because it is us who generates the belief system and the experience that keeps happening. And it's hard to believe that at first. Like it's hard to go, well, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm causing this? What do you mean this is? And it's not about a cause or a fault. We never ever wanna blame ourselves for being in that situation. It's really not our fault. It's more about uh, we're trying to actually protect ourselves. It's the reverse, right? So in trying to protect ourselves, we get ourselves into these situations that keep occurring again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it is a protection mechanism, self-defense mechanism. And, you know, it may have served to protect us when the original offense was done upon us um, in order to keep going. You know, typically these things happen in childhood and you have to go to school the next day. You know, you still have to do your homework. You still have to write that test. You still have to write that exam. So to, so we, do, we develop these, you know, just self-defense mechanisms to keep going, you know, um, especially when you're a child, you don't even, you don't even know, you don't even know what's going on because you can't really process it. You can't really understand it because you're so young. Um, you don't even really fully recognize, you know, the offense or that it's classified as an offense, not fully, not really. And you just keep trucking on. So, um, so it's really, when we look at that, we can really see how easy it is to, you know, put it underneath the carpet and then you're growing and you, you know, adolescence, adulthood, and it's just life is busy, right? We have so many things to do during our developmental stages. I mean, it just, life just keeps getting busier, right? And so, yeah, so we really don't, we really, in our culture, we really don't, um, you know, value or have time to like really give time to our uh, self-reflection time or therapeutic time or, you know, our society teaches us, you know, go, 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 school, 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 achieve, 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 achieve. Um, and so it's, it's, we can easily see how most people are just totally not fully conscious of the wounds that are just kind of living underneath the surface. And we're just making decisions out of a reaction to that original trauma that really can recreate that trauma again in certain, to certain degrees, um, certainly recreating the same feelings, right? Of anger, frustration, being a victim and, and so on and so forth, so. That's right. That's right. I mean, so, and so what's, what's really going on and not a lot of people understand how subconscious mind works. Um, I've done, I've done a lot of 
I've, do, I've done a lot of research and, and go really deep into the different mind consciousnesses. So, so like there's three, we talk a lot about um, subconscious mind, but there's also the conscious mind, which we know about, we live and breathe and, you know, we're conscious, subconscious, we're not as understanding or knowing what's going on. Cause as you said, kind of life starts to get in the way and we start to, we start to live our conscious life. We don't think about what happened in those formative years, one to seven, when we were younger, that's kind of setting up the stage for how we're going to live the rest of our lives. That's that that subconscious mind is really, um, you know, working during that time to figure out how to protect us. But but we, what a lot of people don't talk about a lot is the the superconscious mind, and the superconscious mind is is more about intuition, understanding, you know, spiritual growth, all these things that we can tap into as we get older, as we start to mature and figure out, oh, wait, there's a way for me to move through these things. And that's when what, what we call, you know, kind of waking up to our, um, our intuitive nature, our gifts, our uh, connection, spiritual connection. And that's what makes us go down deeper into our, our subconscious. So, so with that, I mean, once we figure out kind of what's happening in the subconscious mind, you know, where was the origination, what kind of beliefs did we create and which ones came over from the DNA. And a lot of things, a lot of times people don't talk about this either, but how our parents can pass. And this is this research around this too, how our parents pass on their beliefs through the DNA. And we now we can choose to grasp them or not, depending on what actually happens in our life, what we experience. But a microbiologist, Bruce Lipton, talks about this in his book, Biology of Beliefs, where the we can get those programs, those um, subconscious belief programs through our parents. And that's, again, like I said, not our fault, not our parents' fault. It's just something that we take on and then we work through to get more into that conscious and subconscious mind so that we can live the kind of life that we want to live, not the one we've just been kind of handed down, handed down from generation to generation. I hope that's make, I hope that's making some sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, of course. It's um, well, yeah, it's a part of it too, is generational trauma. You know, I like it's been talked about before that you know some people called the generation a lot of the generation of the hippies were you know narcissistic um as a result of all of their most of their fathers just returned from world war ii so you know they experienced their homes were not happy you know due to the trauma that their fathers had experienced uh during world war ii and that got, you know, they experienced that. And so that trauma gets now, you know, through experience passed down to other generations. And then of course, you know, in that time period as well, the Vietnam War was happening, which was another societal trauma um, on them as well. So, and then, yeah, it just, the trauma just keeps getting, if it doesn't get addressed, it will just keep getting carried down to generation to generation until the, you know, on an individual level, that person decides to expand their consciousness and realize, hey, you know, I'm, why am I behaving this way? Why am I so caught up in ego so much and hurting others? Um, 
like as if it's some kind of default programming. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and we need, and we really do need to reveal it to heal it. You know, we're of a thinking mind and when we, uh, we work best when we understand things. Um, and so, and sometimes not some people, sometimes people are just like, yeah, let's, let's just move through it. Let's just, I don't know what you're talking about, but let's just do it, <laughs> you know, which is, which is great sometimes, but I'm really, I'm really an analytical type person. I like to understand what's happening and then kind of move through uh, whatever it has been that's been holding me back. I think, I think there are a lot of people like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's really great, you know, through podcasting, you know, people can sit and listen and really just become more aware of, you know, these, how these programs exist. And I think too, like how to start recognizing these programs, you know, so do you have any recommendations for people to start how to identify? I sure do. It is so simple. It is so easy um, to recognize what your programs are because all you have to do is look around you and see what you have. Like, what is it that you have? And then you start asking questions about that. So for example, um, let's take the friend friend situation. You have, a, you have a friend in your life that keeps taking advantage of you, you know, and you, and you finally see that and you go, okay, you know, this friend keeps taking advantage of me. Why, why am I allowing this to happen in my life? And then you go back kind of to the past and you see where maybe the first time you had a, a, a school friend that took advantage of you, but you allowed it to happen because otherwise you'd be lonely, for example. And so if I keep allowing this to happen in my life, if, if I don't, if I cut this person out of my life, I'm going to be lonely, right? So the fear is about loneliness and the belief or programming is about if I don't if I don't endure this um, abuse of, of taking advantage, if I continue to do this, if I don't do this, I'm going to be lonely. So, so we definitely have to clear the emotion or clear out the fear of being lonely. And then we change the belief about that entirely. So we're not going to be lonely if you cut out this friend uh, or you don't have to cut them out. You can draw a boundary and just say, hey, you know what? This has been happening. I don't want it to happen anymore. Um, I still wanna be your friend, but I'm not gonna allow this to continue because I have some self-respect. I have some dignity and I'm not afraid of being lonely anymore. So that's, that's kind of one example. Um, similar with an abusive relationship. Why do I continue to let this happen? And this is a great example of abuse let's say someone's in an abusive relationship man or woman because it goes both ways and one of their experiences as a child was maybe being spanked or beaten by a parent and that parent saying i'm doing this because i love you that's a real thing right i'm doing this because i love you and that program is getting in their mind of oh wow this is how love is shown and they continue to get in that abusive relationship because the subconscious mind is not is actually trying to protect them because that's what they think love, that's what they believe love is, when in fact it's the reverse. So again, going back to clear that belief that person shows a love through physical violence. Like I, you know, love love means physical violence. Clear that belief. Like that's done. 
no more of that. And then there's other beliefs that can kind of show up from around that. But if the main thing, if the main belief is eradicated, then their, their environment starts showing up differently. They start finding confidence and courage and um, drawing a boundary again. And then they stop attracting that energy, that abusive energy, because the belief is no longer there. So those are two good examples, I think. Mm-hmm. Those were awesome examples and examples that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially the fear of loneliness. I think this is why most people people please. I think you hit the nail on the head right there is that fear of being lonely, not having people around you or friends, um, you know, to share life with. And so literally accept it and tolerate it, not really fully realizing the consequences of having those particular individuals continue in your life, you know, because it, our mind, you know, you're basically poisoning your mind. You're telling your mind that you're not worth it, that, and then you're constantly inflicting a series of disappointments from that individual. You get angry and frustrated, which causes stress. So then you're now increasing your stress levels, which is not healthy to your body or mind. You're not going to be at your peak performance, you know, when you're constantly enduring stress either. So there's a lot of consequences to accepting toxic people in your life that people are not, I think there, I think there's now more of a conversation around it and people are now more aware of those consequences than before. But, um, you know, I, I would actually say it's better to be lonely, (laughs) you know, until you get your, until you can reset yourself, until you can reprogram yourself. Um, because I don't, those, once you actually look at those consequences and really see the havoc it can really wreak on your life, you will run from these people. You know, I think we, you just, it's all a matter of expanding your, your consciousness, expanding your consciousness, meaning becoming more aware of the trickle effects of, you know, of having toxic people in your life, certain decisions you're making, like what is the motive behind your decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Diving deep and asking those hard questions of yourself is how we get to the root cause of what's really been going on and what's really been happening. And like you said, it could definitely spiral down into something worse. I work with people who have chronic depression and chronic anxiety. And one of the things that I tell them to put in their self-love toolkit is having your, um, your tribe, your community, those who you know can support you, I call the high vibe tribe, and they can come out and help and assist in that loneliness that you might feel because some people are triggered by that or, you know, breakups can trigger it. Uh, about a depression, um, you know, there's a change in a job. Like you're saying, let's say you start changing things in your life and then you uncover, oh my gosh, I've got this other pattern of self-sabotage or, uh, you know, of chronic depression or high anxiety. So when these things start to crop up, community or having people that are there for you that can support you is huge is really, really important. Um, And how do you find those people? Well, again, you start changing your vibe, you start changing your energy and your beliefs, 
and you welcome, you allow people who you can trust into your life. That's a hard one for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do know of one organization. It's a lot of the times people that are like people pleasers or, you know, constantly accept toxic partners or toxic friendships, they're typically um, are codependents. So there is an organization that is free for people to join as a support group. It's called CODA. And um, so so to help give someone more strength to walk away from toxic relationships um, and just be more informed and more aware about, you know, what being a codependent means and um, because you're, you're, you know, you're basically accept, like, like you said, you're accepting these toxic individuals because you want to people please, like you're depend, you're just, you've created a pattern of dependency on, it doesn't really matter if they're abusing you or not, you'll still accept them as, um, you know, some kind of condition that you've been locked into, conditioned to accept from childhood of, you know, making things better for other people or what have you as a form of people pleasing. So, um, yeah. So how did you get into being an intuitive, holistic coach? (laughs) Yeah, great question. Thank you. Um, Well, when I was about nine, you know, I started struggling with depression and actually suicide and suicide ideology. Um, I had a rough childhood. I was born into poverty. My parents were very young, like 16. And um, there was, there was a, a lot around that and there was drugs and alcohol. So, so being so young and having such a deep experience, um, I, I had some realizations at a very young age. I was a deep child already, right? And I didn't belong. I didn't feel like I belonged in my environment. And so what started to happen was uh, a series of events that took me through a depression after depression after depression. And finally, I came to a bigger city. It was a small town I came from. Now I came to a bigger city where there was more diversity and more resources and more ways of finding out how I could help myself. Um, And I was still in a really kind of a rough place. I had a a couple more bouts of depression once I got to the big city. I say big city, Houston, Texas, it's not that big compared to some of the other cities, but it's, it's up there. And I started doing yoga and meditation because I decided that I didn't want to pass on some of my the depression, the anxiety and anger, I had a lot of anger towards my parents, towards the world, towards my situation. So I went to a psychic and she said, you know, I really think you're going to do some color healing. I was like, what is that? She's like, well, you'll find out. I'm like, oh, so cryptic, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, whatever that means. Um, and then I started doing yoga and meditation. Things started to really change for me. That was my catalyst for my self healing. I found so much peace and so much, um, so much release through that process that I really wanted to help other people. So I became a yoga instructor. Um, I really want to teach children because of my experience as a child. If I knew as a child what I know as knew as a young adult, things probably would have been a lot different for me. 
Um, and then what I also realized is I had a lot of intuitive experiences as a child, what we would call an empath now, uh, you know, I found myself, I was really empathic. And what I started to understand is I can turn my empathic abilities into intuitive abilities. And that's what I kind of set out to start doing to help other people. Uh, so today I'm an intuitive holistic coach. Um, I've also dived very deep into holistic health and technology, which is one of my favorite things to talk about is energy medicine. So energy medicine is a healing modality that it, it kind of runs the gamut. It could be, you know, acupuncture. It could be EFT, emotional freedom technique. It could be working with technology that a scalar technology that can scan the body from an energetic perspective and uh, tell you kind of what's happening with the body, which is incredible. Not only the body, the emotions, the mind, the spirit, all of it. And I was fascinated by that. So I do dive into that for my clients as well. Um, but that's, that's pretty much how I got into it. It's been my life. Um, I decided to get a master's degree in metaphysical science, uh, which I'm so grateful for because it's taught me so much about the different ways that I can heal myself and help others heal. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it. And I'm super excited to be working with people that have chronic depression, because that's been my story. That's been how I started to get into what I'm into right now. Awesome. I love that. I love that. You know, yoga and meditation. Awesome. Um, and color therapy. That is awesome. I love that. So, and then turning, you know, you're uh, being an empath into being more intuitive. That is also awesome and a great way to, you know, for people to further transmute their um, being an empath, you know, I think sometimes some people feel like it can be a blessing and a curse, um, you know, being an empath, but, you know, using that to tap into higher levels of intuition is that that is really ideal because you know you know then you can better um you can make, make better decisions you can you know tap protect into yourself yeah like really protect yourself I think one of the biggest problems with impacts is they feel everybody else's emotion mm -hmm. especially when the world goes topsy-turvy like what happened with the response to COVID I mean I mean, I, I, I definitely felt very emotional. I'm sure, you know, we were in a, a loneliness epidemic before the pandemic. So for this, you know, for the whole, for the whole thing to happen the way that it did, it sent a lot of people into a downward spiral um, because of their empathic connections. I mean, everybody just freaked out a little bit, I'm sure. Um, however, as an intuitive, what you learn is how to um, protect yourself, how to turn it on and off, how to go within and find the peace, and then how to take it and expand it. So a lot of people in my high vibe tribe um, were doing a lot of meditation whenever uh, the response to COVID came through and was sending out those vibrations of higher energy, higher frequency of love, of, of knowing. And it was a beautiful thing to be involved in. It really, really was. That's awesome, Brandy. I love it. 
Um, now, if you want to get to know you more and, and also, you know, ways to maybe like, I don't know if you have any content to, do you have a blog or do you have like an email series or a downloadable ebook or e-guide? So I'm, I'm working on some of those things right now. I definitely have a website. People can go to my website to see more at brandydeutsch.com. It's B-R-A-N-D-Y-D-E-U-T-S-C-H.com. And they can see kind of some of the things that I do and what I offer. I also do a podcast. I have one called Beyond the Edge. That's on YouTube. They can definitely look that up. It's also on Spotify. And um, that podcast is about um, education around uh, health and wellness, energy medicine, and spirituality. Uh, we did, uh, uh, me and my co-host did several series of shows on that. I'm also doing a current podcast called Impossible Conversations. And with that podcast, it's about bringing people together in connection, in connection and community to allow people to speak and to talk about who they really are and what they, what they do and get people to really think about how we can expand our consciousness in a really beautiful way. Awesome. I love that. So you have two podcasts. Wow. I do. <laughs> that is impressive. So you have impossible <laughs> conversations. And what's the other podcast? Beyond the Edge. Beyond the Edge. Okay. Awesome. So, okay, guys, you want to like, you know, keep in touch with Brandy, contact her, learn more about Brandy, you know, visit her website, brandydeutsch.com. And the the website will be listed on the podcast description. Just copy and paste it. It may also be clickable depending on where you're accessing the podcast from. And you know, check out her podcast or her podcast, Impossible Conversations and Beyond the Edge. And thank you so much, Brandy, for showing up today, pouring into my audience, sharing your remarkable story. Very impressive that you've overcame those you know, challenges from childhood, I can only imagine, you know, what that must have been like, um, you know, and where you are today, like you're fabulous and you've come a long way. It's awesome. And you're now you're helping Rita. other people. So Thank you, Rita. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. You're a bright light in the world. So uh, keep doing what you're doing too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brandy. And guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe so you won't miss another episode of Happy Being Well. Sending love, light, and blessings to everyone.